Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome back, my friends. I am Chris Welsh, joined as always by the illustrious Jake Seeley, the magnificent Brandon Funston, and you. Thank you guys for all joining us as we are back in action one a week. Yes, we are back weekly for you. So thank you for hanging out with us. And today on the episode, we're going to be talking about some top tens, positional top tens. What do those look like from Jake and Brandon? You're going to get it. You're going to get it and you're going to like it. And you're going to be happy about it because we got positional ranks. And that's all you want on fantasy football. Jake Seeley, how are you? We are coming off of 4th of July. You're having to get all your ranks going here soon with everything over at The Athletic. How are you, my friend? Soon. I'd be better if you paid attention in my life. I've been out for months and weeks and the projections, the customizable have been updated, out there. Like, updated. I know they've the been updated projections. Okay, every okay. single week. Hey, look at this guy, Austin. Like this, like no, not even friends anymore. I guess <laughs> the question should be back to you. Can we be friends again in a week when this is all back to rolling and going again? Are if we, we can again, do Walsh? karate in the garage. Yeah. I, you know, I feel displaced. <laughs> I felt, I felt a little displaced that we haven't been able to do the episodes that we usually do. You guys were a very big portion of my life all last year. Getting to see those faces, getting to talk about those projections, getting like to you ran about COVID with football. Us. Yeah, it's it's craziness. Uh, Brandon, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say other than uh, ready to talk a little top 10 by position for fantasy football. It's been a little while. Well, then let's not waste any time. No. Though I would remind you guys, if you guys want, you guys can sign up over at The Athletic. Why don't you do this? Go over and find Jake Seeley's latest article, maybe the ranks, in those projections. And you can go and click and sign up for only a couple uh, couple bucks. You guys can get set and get locked into all of the great content that The Athletic has for you. I very, very much suggest it. Let's take a look at some, uh, this is kind of like an early primer thing. We'll probably have a lot of episodes focused more deeply into positions. But this is the early onset. It's still an early place. Um, some of the aggregate rank places, there are a gajillion people who have not updated ranks in the public space. So some of those uh, consensus ranks look a little bit wonky, and I don't think things have caught up to how they're going to look. So I think it's very appropriate to get both of you individually in what this looks like. So here's how we'll do it. Give me your top 10 and then we will pick a player or two out of that top 10 to discuss. Brandon Funston, let's start with you at quarterback. How does that top 10 play out? Okay, uh, so I'm going to go Mahomes 1, Josh Allen 2, Jalen Hurts 3, um, teardrop at this point. I think you can rank those three in any order. Uh, then okay. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, teardrop, uh, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, and I would put a, probably a couple others in that that uh, in that tier that I just mentioned there. So that's, that, that's where I'm at. From working with you guys, I love that Brandon did this too. There's the Brandon caveat too. It's like 
Here's my number 10, but I've also got seven others just in case to make sure that I got you guys. <laughs> Brandon's covering his bases. So I'm going to ask a question after this. Jake, give me your top 10 at quarterback, and then I'm going to go straight to you with a question. Same names, different order. It hurts Mahomes, Allen, uh, Lamar, Fields, Burrow, and then Herbert, Lawrence, Tua, and Dak. Okay. So first question for Jake. What do you hate most about Brandon's list? What no, I thought you were going to say, what do you hate? Why do you hate Deshaun Watson? I thought you were going to go full fantasy <laughs> well, type there, there's question. A couple reasons, there's a couple reasons I could think of, but no. <laughs> what do you hate about Brandon's list first? What's the one biggest hate standout? Hate standout? Yes. Uh, I mean, I think Watson at seven if I had to pick. Uh, otherwise, I mean, the, the, if Watson wasn't there versus Watson being a, like a 12, I think for me, um, but the other one would be close to be why do you have Hurts at three? But it just basically comes down to Watson. Watson's the biggest, but well, the, it's the biggest difference between our two ranks. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought it was one yeah, versus three. It's it's it, yeah, it's it's biggest. I thought it was going to be hurt. So explain. So why? Well, I mean, I know you say you don't like it, but what is what is your reasoning behind hating uh, Watson as a top ten quarterback? And maybe more specifically, <laughs> having Watson over Lawrence, which that actually jumps out to me. But having Watson over Lawrence, so why do you? specifically dislike him for so reasons don't, we don't I, I don't hate it but i thought i was pretty aggressive in my projections with uh 4, passing yards and 28 passing touchdowns and then 400 and change rushing and four or five rushing touchdown wise and that's still at those numbers uh project them as qb eight nine ten like right in that range i don't know the exact because my personal ranks i put them down lower just because of the risk like i would still take Dak over him. I was still definitively like Tua is just health. And you could, I know Fonson can argue back or anybody could that that's a risk as well. But I just think that if you look at like Lawrence is in front of him after what we just saw, Lawrence's enormous step in a second year and potentially even more this year now with the addition of Calvin Ridley. I get that we're all sitting here saying Watson should be better. I agree. My, no, my numbers are Watson should be better, but Watson's numbers were pretty terrible for somebody that was off that long. And I still think this is a more balanced offense than some of the other quarterbacks in front of him. But look, we're talking about quarterback. If I went through my entire tier, starting with Justin Herbert at seven, it doesn't end until you get to Geno at 15. So like, I'm not going to argue too much. That's why I said hate is a relevant term at, at, at quarterback. Okay. So Brandon, what do you hate about Jake's quarterback list. What is the biggest <laughs> hate when you look at this? We're picking. Uh, I think we're just going to go to Dak Prescott now being in there. I have him 11, but like the reason, so it's, it's funny. Jake's, I would say Jalen Hurts has the highest ceiling of anybody in the top 10 at quarterback. And Jake ranked, I think, for the ceiling of that. If you're going for just like who's going to give me the most reasonable return, it's, it's, you know, uh, on investment, it's probably going to be Mahomes, you know, but you know, dropping Deshaun Watson out of his top 10 then is not is not ranking to the ceiling for him, I think, because you're looking at a guy who's mm. 27 years old, who they did add. A, they did add Elijah Moore. I think that helps them. I think we're going to I think Elijah Moore is going to be a nice piece of offense. You got Amari Cooper like, OK, we know Deshaun Watson's probably 400 plus rushing yards, uh, 27 years old, got, you know, Got the, got the changeover. We can, I think we can agree to kind of wipe away last year. It's a very weird anomaly kind of year for Deshaun Watson. But now that he's kind of settled in there, he had a good couple games to go out on the season. I just think he's one of the, the best, most elite combination quarterbacks there is in the league. And he's dead set in his prime. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and chase that upside because 
if I'm drafting in that range, I'm going to go for the upside to Deshaun Watson. And if things go awry, then it, in a single quarterback league, I might be able to fall back on a Jerry Goff or somebody like that. And and but I mean, more more than likely, it's not going to go awry. I mean, even if it's if Watson's a little bit, you know. He stumbled well, a little bit. He's still going to put up big numbers. Why do you throw you throw out because like suspended and missed time, and that's a throw out? Because I was looking, he did still. You can look at this positively or negatively. In his time from week thirteen on, he was the fourteenth highest scoring quarterback. Which good or bad, however you I guess want to look at that. Only one game over twenty points. So you say we throw it out because uh, of the the missed time in there and that thing because should be better the- because he's working with the team. Absolutely. Uh, the okay. missed time, the incredible amount of scrutiny he he gets when he comes in there. It's just like it was, you know, I just feel like it's like it was an extended preseason look at what he is in Cleveland. And we, uh, you know, we really only care that he, you know, he showed some of the competency that he had back in Houston, which was he ran for 20 plus yards every game. Um, they didn't have great receiving weapons last year. I think Elijah Moore helps. But um, yeah, I just I think it's. It's okay. He's got his feet wet now. I think we can go in and, and reset for this year and feel like we're looking at the Deshaun Watson that we remember from Houston. I like well, the Elijah two, Moore edition. Well, two things on that. I, everybody knows I'm a fan of Elijah Moore, but that's really the only change from this team, despite having like the differences. Now he doesn't have Kareem Hunt at the backfield. He has a receiver and replaces him because it's Jerome Ford, but Jerome Ford is not a Kareem Hunt in the passing game. So that's that. But I'm not going to. Spend too much time to Sean Watson. Uh, the one thing I will uh, disagree with on Fonston, as he said, I ranked Hertz for upside, but not Watson. No, I ranked Hertz because he was the number one in fantasy points per game last year. And there's no reason to believe anything different this year. So I'm not ranking for upside with Hertz. I, I, I get his point about ranking for upside with Watson, which is why I would take Anthony Richardson as my 12th, 13th quarterback off the board versus taking a Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins because I'm going for that upside. So I agree Would with you take 100%. Do you have Richardson higher than Watson? In my draft ranks? No. They actually go, okay. uh, or wait, yeah. So projections, no. Draft ranks, yes. I would take Richardson over Watson for wow. upside. See, because there's a world for me where Richardson finishes a top five quarterback. I don't think Watson gets there on the Browns. I don't think he is the same. I don't disagree with the layoff and he's rusty and blah, blah. He wasn't rusty. He was... You pulled a bike sitting out of your pool with, you know, sludge and stuff dripping out of it that doesn't even have a fully functional frame anymore. Like, he was junk. He was garbage lit on fire. It was terrible. Uh, I think just seeing him be a capable quarterback next year would be shaking off the rust. This is, it's deep-seated embedded under his skin rust at this point. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Last thing on quarterbacks, I'm going to ask you both. Uh, Jake, I'm going to go to you first. Who is the hardest quarterback to come to terms with? Uh, I mean, you're a smart guy. Nothing comes tough <laughs> no, to you. Course, I don't Jake, know the but, answer. Uh, who is the, what was the hardest to come to terms with on this top 10 list? Is it come to terms with that he's 
there or that I wanted to uh, any term any the, term the, the question, hardest that the, you, the, the hardest the hardest to come to terms with is that Daniel Jones checks in his top 10 projections but I don't want him there because I still don't want mm-hmm. Daniel Jones because I don't believe in Daniel Jones the quarterback the rushing side's there they I say the hardest part I would say I don't see him repeating 707 on the ground that that's a lot and maybe I'm wrong on that maybe this is Dable's offense and if you watch games last year they did a really good job with the RPO, and there was a lot of breakdowns of it. We talked about it either on this show, I talked about it on All in Football, is what they did last year is you you played a game of chicken with the defense because they kept singling out the one Mike, so to speak, linebacker, and that one defender left had to choose between Barkley and Daniel Jones. And what are you going to do 90% of the time? You're choosing Saquon Barkley, and that's how you see Daniel Jones with all these RPOs running for 10 yards, 15 yards, even eight here. That It's just you, you, you force the defender to pick between two, and he's left on the island picking between two. Now, defenses might try to adjust, and I believe Dable's smart enough to adjust back, and it was great play calling last year. But that's why I'm like, does he get 707 on the ground? Because if he gets 707 on the ground, he only has to do what he did last year and not even throw a touchdown per game, and he still finishes his top 10. Like that That's what it comes down to. So I, I, I hate Daniel Jones being top 10 quarterback, but the truth is he should be there again. That's a fantastic answer. That's exactly what I was looking for. Brandon, same thing, and then we're going to move on to running backs. Who is the hardest to come to terms with in whatever you feel was tough to rank? Um, like Jake said, yeah. give me your top well, 10. I think it's just, I think what I'll say is it's more generally, it's ranking Watson, Herbert, Lawrence, Tua, and the rest of those guys. Like, you know, I have Watson seven, but really, like, if I don't get Joe Joe Burrow or Justin Fields in that in that top six group, that's where you just, that's where you just forget about quarterback in a one yeah, quarterback mm-hmm. league. You just, okay, I'm going to pick at the end. And if it's not Deshaun Watson, my number seven, I can live with it being Dak Prescott or, Geno Smith or Daniel Jones at, you know, 10, 11, 12, those guys, because I just don't see there being a huge difference between the seven and the 12. Moving over to it's 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 top six or end game. And I've, I've done multiple drafts, whether best balls or regular drafts. And this exact same situation has played out. I don't get those top guys. And I'm like, welp. We'll come back later if I can we get did a the, deal on Lawrence. We I'll did the it. athletic draft, and I, I was on the turn, the third round. I was like, I'm taking one of the big three at the turn, and all three went in the third round. I was like, all right, <laughs> well, I'll take one of the next three at the turn, five, six turn, and all three went in the fifth. So I was like, well, I guess I'm waiting until the end. <laughs> yeah, I think I think quarterback has a chance to surprise people this year on how it's going. Like, we're all used to that, like, oh, I'll take later quarterbacks and stuff like that. We all kind of want a piece of the elite guys. A lot of drafts I've already done, they're just going a tiny bit earlier, and I keep finding myself in this spot where I'm taking later quarterbacks because I can't get those early guys that people are investing in. And then it is truly, you're just like, all right, well, if I don't get Lawrence, then I'll get Geno, or if I don't get him, I'll get, you know, go with the upside of Richardson. It's an interesting play. Over to running backs, top 10 moneymakers, baby. Jake, let's start with you. What's your top 10 on the RBs look like? Assuming half PPR, of course, for the audience. Yeah, McCaffrey, Eckler, Taylor, Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Bijan. We had that conversation. I'm sure we'll have more of that. Pollard, Henry, still doing it top 10. And then Ramondre Stevenson are my top Bra- 10. Brandon, you guys. <laughs> this is almost identical. Like, <laughs> you guys don't usually agree like this. You guys yeah. are almost identical. There are only like two differences. Two. Uh, I mean, I don't need to jump in. And, 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 they're, take and they're splitting hairs differences. I, you know, I'll, I'll just say this really quickly off the top. Like. Yeah. To me, it's CMC and Eckler, and then I start to get very close with the rest of them. Like I will take in. That's this a is my. Differ. 
Okay. You, you I think it's there. CMC. I'm putting Eckler in the next tier down now. Okay. So you're like, you give me any of those next nine guys. I don't I, have I, any of Eckler. I'm not because I'm not taking Eckler where people. So we've done this. You guys know me. We've done this for how many years now? Like I'm the one that's usually like running backs. Yes. First round. I'll get my. Yep. But Brandon, you and I actually just recently had. I forget when we were doing it, talking about this. Maybe it was this last week on the show. It's like where Eckler is going in the first round as a top four pick. I'd rather take Cupper Jefferson. Like I'd, I, I'm not getting. Well, Eckler I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I definitively would rather have Eckler at number two than the other guys. I wouldn't say okay. that I would definitively rather have Jonathan Taylor at number three than Barkley or Bijan. Like, or I get Josh what you're saying. Jacob. Yeah. So I'm just saying that to me, it's like a. It's like a one, tier. He's a, he's a one point five tier. tier for me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and by the way, the the only change in here is between running backs five through seven for Brandon, where it's just a different grouping. Brandon has Bijan, Jacobs, Chubb. Where Jake, you had Jacobs, Chubb, Bijan. That is literally where you really guys the only differ. difference. Yeah, on the top end. So I don't know if I can really make you guys hate on anything as far as running back goes. So let me flip the question and. Brandon, you kind of already answered this, I suppose. I wanted to ask you is, what is the most comfortable spot of these top running backs that you feel? And I kind of feel like maybe you just did that with Eckler of saying, like, now there's bigger tiers, blah, blah, blah. But if there's a different answer, throw it to me. You guys are so similar. What is the most comfortable spot of running backs where you're like, this guy, I feel so good about where I'm getting him. I feel locked to his return value as far as your top 10 running backs go. Outside of, of course, like CMC number one, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, CMC number one. Um, no, uh, I, I think maybe eight would be nice because I have a feeling that the eight spot, I mean, number the number eight running back, like I have a feeling that like a Derrick Henry or someone maybe falls in love with Ramondre Stevenson. I actually love Ramondre Stevenson. And I'd be fine taking, like if he's my first running back and I get him late and I take a wide receiver in the first round and I get him early in the second round, I, I think that'd be a great start. But I feel like, like, you know, we're talking about Jonathan Taylor, Barkley, Bijan, Jacobs, Chubb, Pollard, Henry. Like, just give me any one of those guys and give me give me any one of them at the back end of that group so that I'm not having to use an early, you know, an early pick in the first round on one of those guys. Jake, same thing. Your biggest comfort level of these running backs. I want it to be Nick Chubb, by the way. I want you to say Nick Chubb, but you're not going to say Nick Chubb. Uh, you're going to say Saquon Barkley or something. But who do you feel most comfortable about? You're like. I'm locked down. I feel very safe with this player. And I guess I'm eliminating CMC out of this conversation. Uh, no, actually, there's two out of my top 10 is that if you told me who would I feel more com comfortable about and I think could finish one, that's a completely different answer than what I'm going to give. Like your, your question I'm taking is like, who do I feel like at the end of the season, right at that ranking right there? Yep. There's no... It is Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. Like, those are the two. Like, Stevenson, there's things that can go haywire for the Patriots. So just the Patriots being the Patriots, even though there is very little competition as of today. Uh, Tony Pollard, I, I mentioned the comment about that. Do we really believe they want to lean on him as a bell cow? Or are we just completely overlooking Malik Davis or somebody else? Bijan, we talked about. Uh, Jacobs, does he get that kind of workload? Again, we've seen the 350-touch workload, what happens the following year. Barkley, injuries, Taylor, injury last year. Eckler, does the touchdown rate succeed? So Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. I, can't, I brought up the Bijan Robinson thing when we had that argument on the show, and I said, if Bijan is Nick Chubb 2022, we are ecstatic. We're like, this is terrific. This is what we wanted. 
And Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, and he has no Kareem Hunt. And for what we just talked about quarterback, Sean Watson should be better. And then if Derrick Henry makes it even 15 games, he's finishing top 10. Uh, like my only concern, and we're not going to play that game, but my only concern about Derrick Henry is that he's going to get taken out at the knee again. That's really what it is. This isn't the the next question I'm going to, but you alluded to it. Is Bijan the guy that is your answer to who's the player that can be the number one overall player? Or is it Saquon? Mm. No, from this group, I don't actually don't think I don't think group. Saquon can get there. I, Saquon did barely outdo CMC in his rookie season on points per game as point one. I still remember that as of today. I don't think that's there anymore. I, I just don't think that's this Giants or that Giants. I just don't think how the Giants team is constructed. Uh, constructed. I don't think where he is in this offense, even under Dable. I just don't think that's who he is. Finishing third, yeah, no problem. But does he get close to twenty points per game? I just don't think that's Barkley now. I think it's, if not CMC, I think we just saw peak Eckler. So I don't know that Eckler gets there. Jacobs, just I don't know how much better than Jacobs can get to get there last year. So I think of this group, if you're going to make arguments who finishes one, there's only two, in my opinion. One is Bijan. You know, the Arthur Smith argument that he's going to get 350 touches, including the receiving game. And my arguments for Desmond Ritter are maybe understated, and this offense does even better than we expect. The other argument is Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry plays 17 games, if Tannehill can make it through the season and the Titans are just a functional offense, unlike last year, Derrick Henry's already been one. Derrick Henry can get back to one. So that would be my answer to that. You just made Bogman's life. He's just so happy to hear you say that, (laughs) uh, needing that uh, affirmation. All right, so the other running back question, Brandon, we're going to go to you. Who missed the cut? that you sure as hell wanted in this spot? Who's a guy that you wanted in the top 10? You just couldn't get it. Brandon. Yeah, no, actually I put, I mean, Najee's close because of the volume, but I honestly don't have anybody. I, I was sweating. Like to me, this is my yeah. absolute slam dunk top 10. Breeze Hall. Like, you know, I'm a I little just know bit. You love Brees Hall. <laughs> I do love Breeze Hall, but I just don't think he's going to be just, back to full volume workload right away. I think we're going to see a little yeah. bit of a slow play there in the first half. So I, I love Brees Hall, but honestly, it's this is my top 10. And Najee well, you would had be... Na- you had Najee written there, so I, I can't Najee's, Najee's close, but it's only because of volume, and I'd rather... I, I just like Ramondre Stevenson better as an overall talent. So. And do you feel comfortable that volume is going to continue with, um, with Najee? Because there was a lot of... I, I don't know if I mentioned it here on this show, but a lot of Twitter chatter over the last like two months about like, Oh, Jalen Warren is, you know, another version of Najee and blah, blah, blah. Do you think the volume continues and they don't try to outsource it a little bit to some of the other positional? They might do it a little bit, but I think the volume is still going to probably be top 10. So, um, I just don't think Jalen Warren is starting to feel like chase Edmonds, the backup. Like, could you imagine if chase Edmonds was the lead? (laughs) Oh my God. That's the old, uh, backup quarterback, most popular guy in town. Uh, analogy that all right so jake same thing is there a guy you may be the same answer that eh, just kind of hurt you wanted to get into that top 10 just didn't make the cut i love some Brees hall too but and i know that wasn't his answer but just the health does he not be 100 percent until october type of situation the one that i want i want just from my soul i want jk dobbins in the top 10 just give me are all dobbins uh just give me a healthy season well here's why i keep going back to it 200 rushing attempts for Mark Ingram, and he was an RB1. Top 10, solidly RB1. 200 rushing attempts. The biggest detractor for Dobbins, as you can say, versus Mark Ingram, is that Mark Ingram was used in the passing game and saw touchdowns in the passing game. 
if we're going to believe Todd Monken is going to pass more and going to open up this offense, and we're going to get Lamar Jackson back to somewhat of a, not necessarily MVP level passing, but just some more, especially using his running backs again, versus J.K. Dobbins having one reception. Zero, 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 one, two, zero. Like, he actually finishes with 35 receptions, 30, 35, a Nick Chubb season. I would, If you give him the Nick Chubb passing game, the rushing game is going to be there. J.K. Dobbins could easily, easily be a top 10. I just, I don't know that the Ravens will let him be. And that's fine. He might not need to be for them to win. Oh, you just keep, I'm waiting for you to jump in. You just kept nodding your head. So I kept adding. No, I just love it. I'm just letting you go. (laughs) Hit the beats, hit the beats. I'm I'm adding suffixes of sentences to just say like, you're spitting, you're spitting. I'm letting you cook, dude. That's all I'm doing. You're doing great. You're doing a great job, sweetheart. All right. uh, Let's go over to wide receivers. Top 10 on wide receivers. This should be fun. And I, I love this list, especially based off of some of the drafts that I've been seeing. So, uh, Jake, why don't you drop out your top 10 and then let's hear Brandon's. Okay, so my top 10 is Cup, Jefferson, Tyreek, Chase, Tier, for what we're doing those, uh, Adams, Lamb, Diggs, Brown, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddell, and the Sun God, St. Brown. The sun god. All right. Similar, probably different, just variation of names here, Brandon. Your top 10. Yep. I, I went with Justin Jefferson, one uh, ahead of Cup, uh, but those two are close. And Chase, three, Tyreek Hill, four, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, the sun god, Amon Ross, St. Brown, followed by AJ Brown, then Jalen Waddle, and I have a note. Garrett Wilson, a close. <laughs> Has the note. Has I the love note. the note. The notes are my favorite thing. It's There's always a note of a guy. <laughs> you got to do it. You got to put it in there. All right. So I'm not going to pick on the hate because I, you guys have the same names again. So I think we kind of come back over. You look at these wide receivers, Brandon, what is that really comfortable level of these players? I think we know, obviously, the top end guys. So I think there's definitely a conversation in here about Cooper Cup because I think people yeah. are still being weird about his drafting. I have seen Cooper Cup go at the back half of first round. I've seen him go at wide receiver five Second and four. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. You guys are definitely leading the pack of it. But when you look at these wideouts, where's that happy spot where you're like, this is floor, this is great value. I want to target him. Maybe that's a better way to approach it is like, who's that target wide receiver for you of these top 10, Brandon? Well, okay, so yeah, Cup, because, you know, in ADP, you're seeing him a lot of times going as a number four receiver, and I have him very, very close to being number one. Jake has him number one. I think we talk about a receiver who didn't have a devastating injury. They just had a bad team, and they just decided to let him take the rest, you know, take the time off. But he was the number one fantasy wideout in games, you know, in, in per game performance. So if you can get him at four or even five at wide receiver, that's great. And I think Devontae Adams, you know, I'm just looking at NFC – average draft pick data and um he is number nine at wide receiver i think he's just set up for a huge huge target you know load and i just don't think there's a huge difference between Derek carr and jimmy garoppolo so like there's no reason Devonte adams isn't just again dominating target share and being you know a top five wide receiver and if you can get him at wide receiver eight or nine look as the adp is showing right now i think it's a great value I kind of agree with that one. I feel like Adams is like that value. He's just sitting out there and it's like, oh, I missed out on those top guys. You can get him in the second round. He's just such a great floor player. I hate to use that term because there's plenty of ceiling with him, but you just feel very safe with Devontae Adams. He's just very comforting. It's a great relationship when you have Devontae (laughs) Adams. So Jake, same thing. Who makes you feel at home? Home is where the home is. Home is where the heart is. So who is that at wide receiver for you? Well, let, uh, let's talk with Adams because I threw out my 
tier and then everybody else and then and adam started the next if you yeah, told yeah. me jimmy garoppolo was fine adams would be in tier one for me i initially have a big five of wide receiver including cup jefferson hill chase and adams I would he be the same the rank but tier up or would he jump a player into same the rank tier separator uh, because I don't know what's going on with Garoppolo. There's been talk all over the place of like, is he going to be healthy? Is he going to play through injury? Is he going to start the season or is it not going to start? The it's just, it's weird. And that my issue is like, if it's not Garoppolo, I have a major concern. I actually think Garoppolo can do what Carr did for Devonte Adams. And if we want to bring up Devonte Adams, he was actually second in points per game. Well, third, if you include cup just behind Jefferson last year, it was the touchdowns. It's the same thing we said on the show last year and had an argument uh, with you at a little bit of time, Welsh, but it originally started with Beller. And Funston remembers this because I am going to victory lap the hell out of this. And S Beller was saying he's not going to have the some same touchdown rate. And I said, you're stupid and drunk because he is. Derek Carr knows <laughs> how to throw to him. And not those words, but I like I, I wish that here. At, well, we did it. We actually kind of impassioned uh, argued against Devontae. He argued against him. And I argued for him. And that's why I'm saying I think Adams deserves to be in this conversation if we knew the quarterback situation. Otherwise, I think he gets pushed down to a little bit more risk in with CeeDee Lamb and Diggs. Um, but I go cup just for what Funston said. It wasn't even just a point gap when he got hurt. If you don't include the game when he got hurt early on, it's a two-point gap over Jefferson. Two points more per game than the freaking season that Jefferson just had. Cup, if we're going to play the not injury risk situation, should be one. If you want to, I understand it because it's not just Cup. It's Cup and Stafford you can have concerns about. So I get it. But I would go Cup uh, and then obviously Jefferson Gibbs. So the one that I feel the best about, though, um, assuming his off-field situation outside of like even Cup, Jefferson, like whatever, I, I, I want to take Jefferson out of that. He's the easiest. That's the easiest answer. So non-Jefferson answer, if the off-field situation, whatever, whatever, Tyreek Hill, his volume is just ridiculous uh, 180 targets just lock him in with or without Tua. that one game was really miserable out, outside of Tua when he was gone but overall still he's going to get that share even with waddle pushing because look at that team who else is he throwing to it's waddle and hill it's waddle and hill it's waddle and hill that's it that's it that's it that's it you know I, I feel like i'm gonna have a big struggle this year because i am a very big running back first round guy and i really also love going running back running back and one of the things I'll cry about and I'll be like, oh, running back depth, blah, blah, that's like, well, yeah, that's like me. That's me about running back. I don't want to lose the running back depth. <laughs> but man, the wideouts, the top core of four or five wideouts are so good. And like you said with Adams, if you want to throw Adams into that tier, there's just so much lockdown, high value production you can get out of those guys that I feel like I can wipe my tears a little way and like, give me a Tyreek Hill, give me a Cooper cup on a value and then take that second round running back and then maybe go third round wide receiver and kind of come back to it. Because I feel like there's some pretty good value on later well, running the, backs. You don't this usually get the year. The questions asked to you. So let me ask a question and both uh, Funston, I want you to answer it too, because we both ranked and don't have him there. So what I'm going to say is, our big five, if we're going to argue for that, just let's put let's put Adams in the conversation just because my question is going to be about somebody different. Last year, mm, I know. six six wide receivers were over sixteen points per game, and that gap from six to seven is one point one points per game. That's significant. That's a significant gap over AJ Brown. That six player who Funston and I don't have, as in the safe great, I want him. He should deserve to be in this conversation. Is Stefan Diggs? So, I like I'm myself included. 
is Stefan Diggs, are, are we, is this show, are we, are we besmirching the name of Stefan Diggs? Like, does he deserve better? Yeah, Brandon I think does he does. He better? I think there's, I think we're just, I think we're slight, sliding in because he, there's an acrimonious situation in Buffalo with him and he has kind of been showing sort of early Anton, <laughs> Antonio Brown tendencies, you know, like you start the, it's too, it's too soon, you know, to, it's, you know, but I, I, there's really why would there be any reason to think that he can't do exactly what he did last year? And as as Jake said, in a half PPR, that's that was a number four wide receiver. I think he belongs. I think he belongs with Devontae Adams. I, I maybe you can split hairs and, and wedge in a little tier into that group somewhere, but like really I think there is a gap between where Diggs is at and you know, someone like I, I mean, I guess I would. I mean, I just rather have Diggs and CD Lamb, and I think there's a little bit of a gap there. So, um, I think he's a solid six for me. Yeah, only five wide receivers scored 15 or more points in half PPR, and Diggs is in there. I guess part of it for me is like you look at how disappointing um, the other end of it was with like Gabe Davis, and where does that rebound back from? They brought in Dalton Kincaid, and is Kincaid gonna play like a slot? type of wide receiver role and not the, again that doesn't take away necessarily but are they trying to spread the offense out a little bit more and then there, I think there might be some of that personal like what the hell's going on with Diggs what the hell's you know what is this this feels a little bit less locked down and comfortable than these players well, but yeah I don't assume him in that tier I, I, I feel like he's that Devontae Adams that Jake's I just where live, he's the start I, of the I, next I live year. updated a tier while we're doing this I'm doing this live on the show <laughs> now my tier my tier one is still those five but instead of tier two being a group of Six and tier two is now just Diggs and Adams. I like that. That was I'd ask if that's what you were doing. I think that yep. that makes sense into that group here. Well, um. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I'm part of the beef with Diggs is just throw him the damn ball. Like I I just don't worry <laughs> about like if he comes into this year and it's kumbaya. It's because you know he's been reassured that he's going to be the alpha and get the requisite targets, and he really should. You can mention all the other names, but none of them on that bill squad holds a candle to his talent as a receiver. Well, I think you could argue does the, do the yards per reception hold up? Because if you look at the last three seasons, 166, 164, 154 targets, 127, 103, 108, he bounced about that. It was the 127 was 1500 yards. The 108 last year was 1400. The 103 with his lowest yards per reception was 1200. The other two seasons, he's over 16 fancy points per game. The 2021 season, he's at 13.8. So I think, it really comes down to, do you think that depth of target? I think that's more the anomalous season than the other two, right? Like, that's what we mm-hmm. go off, except you know, back in 2018, he was at 10, but that's pre-Josh Allen being great. So I think we should, yeah, maybe he deserves to be there, like I said, in the end. Oh, you made the live update. There you go. There you guys go. heard it first. Uh, Jake, <laughs> who just missed the cut that you really wanted to get in there? Who missed the cut of the top 10 wide receivers that, boy, you were like, I want this guy, I want him in there, but I can't do it. The the interesting thing is there's a couple names like I have Garrett Wilson lower than Bunsen does because I have the Allen like touchdown concern. The t- it's the touchdown concern. Like I think Garrett Wilson could be very Terry McLaurin like and not but better Terry McLaurin, but like 1300 yards and six touchdowns like that's that's my concern. But again, amazing season and 1300 yards would put him in this conversation. But that's my only hesitation. Uh, uh, Chris Olave, if. If I knew Michael Thomas was Dunzo, which I kind of think he might be, I don't care how many weights he's lifting. I want to see him play more than half of a game, and then we'll talk. But the one that I really could see being in this group, we have a pair of teammates in our top 10. I still, like, I keep drafting T. Higgins. I drafted T. Higgins last year, 
and T Higgins being inside the top 10 again, I could see happening. I just, T Higgins always has a spot. Like I feel he deserves to be there, but he'll just never get the respect. And because he's the two on a team, I mean, T Higgins last year just missed this. Like if we're talking Hopkins and St. Brown, 13.5, 13.4 points per game behind Michael Thompson's 14.4, by the way. Uh, but T Higgins was 13. Like, He's right there. He's just right on the cusp. And we're like so confident that Waddle deserves to be here, but nobody really wants to argue for Higgins. Uh, Higgins 12th ECR and Alave 13 currently. So that's that's where the kind of consensus look is. Uh, so same Almost question. neck and neck with Waddle in points per game. Last yeah, year. they're like right there. Uh, Brennan, who just missed the cut for you and why is he Garrett Wilson? <laughs> it, is, it is Garrett Wilson. I mean, I think <laughs> if a guy gets, you know, I mean, yeah, you, there is some concern, but on the touchdown side, but that could easily with that kind of target, you know, workload that could easily be eight touchdowns. It could be nine touchdowns. You know, it's like there are, there are a lot of instances where maybe a guy is a highly targeted guy, but they like certain people in the red zone. But if you're highly targeted, you just gotta, you gotta play the, you gotta play, you gotta roll the dice on the touchdowns. You know, there's I think- like a comfortability level I worry about with like Lazard being there. And like to what you're saying is like Garrett Wilson's like the most, one of the most explosive players out there and you're mm-hmm. going to see him get the ball. But I have this slight little worry of with the comfortable things that Aaron Rodgers knows. And if there's any little struggle in timing that it's just like, okay, red zone, boom, we know, we know what to do with Lazard. They can speak to each other without speaking. I have that little thing that's in the back of my head that keeps, I don't know, just a tiny bit of the top off of Garrett Wilson for me. I just think when Aaron Rodgers is playing, he's going to find it a whole lot easier to complete passes to Garrett Wilson than he is to Alan Lazard. And that's just going to, that's just going to the momentum on that's just going to build throughout the season. So, all right, final I will say, here. Oh, yeah, go I don't on. Know, uh, real quick, because I know we got to get the tight ends. I will, similar to your conversation, your question about running back, if you said outside your top 10, who could push for that? Let's say you even say top tier, not even number one spot. The two names would be Alave and Wilson in their second year. Those would be the two yeah. names. Uh, Wilson would be in that conversation. I could see him being top five and me being wrong. And that's probably a lot about like it's talent just versus like a track record in their offense as well. Like those yeah. two are two of the most talented wide receivers, you know, not named like Jefferson and Chase that, you know, if things were to work out in the offense, they will absolutely explode. Gary Wilson's one of my favorite. I want to own him everywhere. I, I want to own Brees everywhere too. It's just so expensive. It's just so expensive, especially Brees specifically. I would like Jets to own Brees. Jets are fun. So, so they're going to yeah, be like they the Mets. They're going to go they're, three and 14 now. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be amazing, except when they lose four or five. All right, tight ends. Top 10. Jake, let's start with yours, and let's hear Brandon's top 10 tight ends for the year. <laughs> Dude, let's hear Brandon's top 10. I think, <laughs> I'm think i looking right now. I think they're almost identical outside of one name. But Kelsey, oh, shocker. Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson, Goddard, Pitts, Waller, Ingram, Friermouth, and Unconquo. That was for our friend Pat Mayo, who likes to say Firemouth. Firemouth. So, yeah. Brandon, you have uh, you almost have the same list, but you have one name that Jake doesn't. So let's hear your top ten. Uh, so okay, so it's uh, Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson, Waller, Goddard, Pitts. So I think there's a conversation to have between Waller, Goddard, and Pitts because I think those guys will go in any order there. Uh, then I have Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and Conquo. And Njoku, I guess, is the difference between him and Friermuth, yeah. and that's all factoring into my love of Deshaun Watson, apparently. Just you're gonna have to <laughs> yeah. you have to have a big role, and you had some nice moments with him. So. so instead of like hate and blah blah blah, I I have more pointed questions. Let's start with the one that you alluded to. I think Darren Waller is a very popular sleeper for some people, and Kyle Pitts is a very popular sleeper 
So Brandon, why don't you start with where you said there's a conversation to be had kind of in that middle tier of those players. You've got Waller at five uh, with Pitts down at seven. Not that you guys are that far off or anything like that, but just how do you sparse out those? Those are like the buzzy tight ends when you don't get the top guys. you got to get Waller or Pitts. Yeah, I just am like Darren Waller's proven that he can be an absolute, you know, give Travis Kelsey in the best of times, give Travis Kelsey a run for his money. He did it. You know, it's, it's already... It's on the scoreboard. He's not that old. Injury risk is there, but when you're drafting outside the you know the top four tight ends here, we know what the tight end position is like and how thin it gets. Why not go for the big upside? So Kyle Pitts has it, but it's all been sort of you know he had a bunch of catches and then no touchdowns, and then he had just a disastrous year last year. They have quarterback situations. Like we know what the potential is for Kyle Pitts, but we've seen it with Darren Waller, and he actually goes to a situation where he could be, if he stays healthy, he could be right there as the most targeted tight end in, in football. So I just am going to gonna play the upside potential, and if Darren Waller gets hurt, then, you know, I'm just fishing in the stream, but the guys at the end of this list are kind of <laughs> not that different than fishing in the stream in my mind, so why not just go for it with Darren Waller? It's, it's like quarterback. It's like quarterback. It's just yeah. like, okay, well, I'm waiting. I'll just take one of these guys later. Uh, what is your case on pits, Jake? <laughs> one of my cases of Pitt is I'm just going to have him on all my teams because people quickly forgot the historic rookie season he had because he didn't score any touchdowns. That was the biggest complaint that people said couldn't happen again. So let's draft Pitts alongside Kelsey and Andrews last year and then belly up crap fest of a season. And everybody's like, ah, Kyle Pitts sucks. Like, are we really going to play this game? Like, let's not forget Marcus Mariota quarterback. Let's not forget an offense that didn't throw the ball because Marcus Mariota's at quarterback. Let's not forget there was nobody else to pull any attention away from Kyle Pitts because the other dudes were also also rans from other teams that are normal three, four, fifth wide receivers from the Frank Darby's and all the Mady Zacchaeus's of the world. It's just, it was as bad as bad could be. And then of course the injury on top of it, Drake London tried to make some noise late in the season after Kyle Pitts was gone with Desmond Ritter, but that's why I like... I believe in Desmond Ritter. Do I believe he's a top 10 quarterback? No. But do I believe Desmond Ritter can be an NFL starting quarterback in the middle of the pack, like a Taylor Heineke for fantasy purposes, even better because he's a smarter passer than Taylor Heineke, which Heineke can make multiple options, as we've just seen years with Washington, fantasy relevant. And if he had a tight end in Washington, probably could have thrown to him some. These are the one and two. If we want to sit there and look across the landscape like Darren Waller and Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey and all these guys and say, was the tight end the one or two on the team? It's definitively London and Pitts. 100% on this team is London and Pitts because they still have a bunch of also dudes. If you want to go down the argument path of the Bijan Robinson love and say they're going to run too much, not a lot of passing, do they ever run the thousand plays? I get it, but I still think Pitts will be fine just because it's Kyle Pitts can put up a thousand yards and three or four touchdowns on 70 receptions. He doesn't need it. So I think he deserves to be there. Um, I don't disagree with Funston on Waller. My only concern is the way I'm ranking it is we now have three years of him getting banged up, two significant years of injuries. So three years of being banged up, two years significantly. And I just have hesitations that also Daniel Jones is, he'll be Daniel Jones one, definitely be Daniel Jones one. But is Daniel Jones one 16% target share or is Daniel Jones one 21% target share? Because if he spreads it, spreads it, spreads it, that could also hurt him just even if he's healthy. Uh, the well, last I, I just really quickly is like, I think the thing about Waller is like, and you mentioned with Pitts, you know, the one and two, but I think the thing with Waller is he's like Kelsey where 
he's the clear one and we don't know who the two is, you know, and that's to me, I mean, how many other tight ends can you say that about where like, look at, it's going to start with this guy and we don't even know who the best wide receiver is on the team because it's kind of a, a mishmash of guys. The Probably last thing Andrews. I want to hit on as far as the tight ends, something interesting you guys have, we can just do it quickly is TJ Hawkinson is behind Kittle and ECR Hawkinson has a firmly locked in that tight end three spot in a lot of people's minds by over a round. There's an over, over round pick difference between the two. Yet you guys are still on Kittle. I ain't going to argue that, but there are a lot of <laughs> weapons in San Francisco. Well, it's so that's my, of course. That's so, my so, so shouldn't you go first in the answer then? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm a Kittle guy, but there's okay. But there's a part of it. You look at how much Minnesota throws the ball. And you could make an argument that Addison is immediately maybe the number two, but if Hawkinson is taking over the number two role and the amount that they throw the ball versus what San Francisco is going to do with their weapons currently, I actually think Hawkinson has a much better opportunity to get a significant share of targets and receptions over George Kittle. But I'm really curious about your guys' take because I actually will probably have Hawkinson over Kittle. But uh, Brandon, we'll start with you real quick as we finish out here. Why, why Kittle over Hawkinson? Well, if we go into the year with Sam Darnold, then it will be Hawkinson over Kittle, I think. Uh, but if we go into the year with Brock Purdy, I'm going to go with the guy that threw seven touchdowns to, to George Kittle in just four games. Like, there's a clear, there is a clear, you know, connection and love there. Uh, Jake's pointing. I don't. Should I'm do pointing I, at you? I'm do I yield like, the floor yeah, to the gentleman point. from no, no, Virginia no. Beach? No, here? I'm, I'm like, I'm, no, no. This is the, the <laughs> yes point. Like this. Like yeah. I'm Twitter. I'm doing the Twitter. Oh, oh gift, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. <laughs> this what I'm saying. I got you. Yes, exactly. So um, I don't really have a whole lot more to add. I think Kittle's a, a, a better talent at tight end. I, he's, you know, he's as elite as it gets. Obviously, the injury history is there. But like, if we know it's Brock Purdy going in and George Kittle's healthy, I want the upside of George Kittle over T.J. Hawkinson. And frankly, I, Hawkinson had a huge year, but a lot of it was volume dependent. I didn't think he was super uh, efficient with what he did last year as well so give me kill <laughs> it's a pretty thing i'm telling you i'm doing it got, again <laughs> we're gonna have to fight for the show to be at least in season video we got to have the video because jake is electric when we're, we're just us watching i'm just what glad to see that he us. can he can point with both shoulders right now it's yeah, come a yeah, long yeah, way yeah. in the last yeah, couple months all right give us a quick take on uh, on why kill over hawkinson for you that brandon did no, i'll take the quickest show. version of it so like everything that Faustin just said but the, the last point was the one i was going to make and that's why i pointed again for the everybody that can't see is for us. because Hawkinson and Kittle were neck and neck in points per game, especially once Purdy took over. It was actually, and Hawkinson got to Minnesota. It still was Kittle because of those touchdowns. But if you look at the numbers and if you want to play, well, he's going to be touchdown reliant. Eh. Hawkinson has been four, six, five, like in that range his entire career. But Hawkinson has been volume dependent. If you look at what Hawkinson did, even with Minnesota, you're talking about 12 targets, 10 targets, 16 targets. Like it's a ton of volume, which gives him the safe floor. But Kittle's doing his on five, six, seven, eight targets. He never had double-digit targets with Purdy. I don't think he had double-digit targets since like week three or four, or you probably know the, the week Welsh. But uh, that's the thing, is they can put up similar numbers on a lower volume for Kittle. So the person who has more room to potentially outperform, whether it's either touchdowns or even an increased volume, is Kittle. So if you're going to argue tiers, I'm going to do one that does more with less. Yeah, and I, I wanted to say it was week five. I was looking it up here, but it's not super important. Uh volume based versus all the weapons in San Francisco. I thought that was a really interesting one for tight ends and more. We will be digging in into this off season, probably getting into more really specific positional rank episodes. 
Jake, what do you got going on? What do people need to be on the lookout for over on the Athletic Podcast? What are we? What are we saying? Oh well, since you don't know, and uh, what I have over at the, the uh, customizable projection sheet is still out there. The ranks are out there, continually updated. I update them like this is the point of the year, every three or four days, and then it's about to be every day coming soon, and then dropping tomorrow. Well, depending on when you're listening to this area, uh, d- dropping July sixth is breakout wide receivers part three or four of my breakout series that I do every year. Brandon, are you uh, under mad constraints of editing all of Jake's things and trying to take out the top 10 favorite serials and the worst Transformers? That <laughs> no, have, we, uh, we encourage that. In movie. And, um, I like to argue with Jake sometimes, but actually a lot worst of Transformers. List- I'm, I'm, I'm actually putting that down for this season. Hold on. <laughs> I just made one. <laughs> I just, I'm going to put that one down. That's a good one to put on the list. Uh, but no, I will be under mad constraints for editing. We'll, we'll be launching the uh, NFL draft or the fantasy football draft kit very soon so be on the lookout for that be on the lookout for the athletic fantasy football magazine (laughs) that will be out on newsstands very soon as well and yeah we'll the uh the content will be kicking in here pretty steadily here as we get into the middle of june very excited we will be here weekly for you guys in july so make sure you subscribe to the podcast don't want to miss any of that and make sure you uh, follow both of these july by the way i think i said as we get into the middle of june sorry oh okay Uh, brandon funson on twitter (laughs) All in kid. You can find me at is it the Welsh. Make sure you go to the athletic, go to one of Jake's articles, and you can sign up and subscribe today for a couple dollars a month. That's right. Easy stuff. That's quick. That's easy money. Get locked in, get all the ranks, and don't miss a minute of the action. For Brandon, for Jake, I am Welsh. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Bye, friends. 